Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, Orderly, who regrets kissing that old lady and co-host, Alex Dandino, and I don't regret it. <laughs> I regret nesting! All right, uh, guys. Before we get going here, a brief intro. Uh, if you are here with us today, hopefully you're enjoying your time. We need to ask you a couple favors. Uh, if you would be so kind, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the podcast, especially if that happens to be on Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously. A quick five-star, a quick sentence or two about why you dig spending time with us. That'll help us uh, find more alchemists and grow this party out. Thank you in advance. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film alchemist uh this is a big project we're gonna try to put some more muscle behind next year uh we have some cool stuff before the end of the year so please go over to our youtube channel film alchemist formerly nerd alchemist and subscribe you can reach us on any social media you're on we love to interact with you guys there thank you so much this is the last call we are now officially in december if you want to get your movie Selected is one of our stuff our stocking stuff stuff one of our stocking stuffer picks for the month when uh we stuff your stocking every December. I will get through this, I swear to God. Uh you have one last week to get your pick in. We have a handful of guaranteed locks because the movies are so fun. We have a couple softies that could be supplanted. So get in now with your picks. You've got till the end of this week. Uh, let's do it till Monday. We'll give you till Monday. Ooh, yeah. Um, in that vein, you can also email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, uh, with your ideas for what you'd like to be covered now. And if not now, later guests, double features, themes for an entire month. If you want to hear us talk about it, we would love to do that. So email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. All right. Good Lord. I finally got through it. Uh, we made it. I think it's because. Our friend, Andrew Merrill, who hopefully you listened to on uh, the Altered States episode, which was a man great, we were introduced to oh by God, another so friend of the show, Josh Lobo. Uh, he of I Trapped the Devil fame. Make sure to rent that wherever you get your movies or purchase that. Excellent fucking movie. So Josh Lobo said, I got a buddy and I think he made a fascinating movie and you guys should talk to him. So we got a hold of Andrew and he talked Altered States and he was even more lovely than either of us had hoped for amazing awesome guy to talk movies with right and in that vein andrew uh has made a movie himself called rot now rot is available on amazon he told us that's where they're trying to drive traffic please rent please purchase rot um he also said make sure to give it a rating and review because that helps him out a lot man and as a small independent filmmaker we got to do our part uh and something we're going to do to try to help out is we're going to talk about Andrew's movie, Rot, again, available on Amazon, uh, instant video platform. Now, to say that this movie needs to be purchased, I don't think is an understatement because you are going to need to watch this movie more than once. I, myself, to try to get prepared for this podcast, have watched it three times, and I don't know that I'm even satisfied with the stuff I've come up with. So. I'm on viewing. I'm on viewing three as well, and I can tell you, I'm still not all the way up. I there's a yeah. chance. I'm just not smart enough. There's a chance. There is a chance. The only thing I know is that I enjoy digging into this movie. Man, it's yes. one of those movies that it it's not going to do the work for you. It gives you the room to explore the film. Um. So, Alex, what are your opening thoughts on Rot? I mean, Rot's one of those. I think Rot to me is one of those great diamonds in the rough. Like it's a lot of fun to catch movies like this when you see it's something we talk about a lot on this show, especially with the lower budget movies and the smaller indie movies that we've gotten to see, which is like you see every frame of some of these movies is just dripping with the blood, sweat and tears of what they put into it. Mm-hmm. And there's not been a movie we've watched. I feel like except for maybe trap with the devil. I trapped the devil that has the same level of blood, sweat and tears that rot does. Like it feels, I can feel them making this movie and I can feel it chugging along. And I love that about the movie itself. For me, the thing that I like about it too, is it, it hits a very certain uh, demographic for me. Cause for like every 10 years, they remake oh, every 10 years, movies are remade. And 
This is something that I like about Rot, and I felt like this throughout the entire movie, is Rot gives me Body Snatchers vibes. And I like that mm-hmm. kind of shit. And every 10 years, we need a new Body Snatchers. I don't, care what ha- I don't care what happens. Every 10 years, we need a new Body Snatchers. We don't need a new Big Chill every five years. But we definitely, every 10 years, need a new Body you Snatchers. You take that back! <laughs> every 10 years. In an era of global warming, we need the Big Chill every three. <laughs> Not that kind Full of Big remake. Chill. But Rot, to me, hits the tone that I need for a good Body Snatchers remake. And that's the thing I liked the most about it. What I think is so fun about Rot, right? And I agree with you, man. I I love movies like this because there are moments when you see the struggle, the filmmaking struggle, right? The, oh, this is low budget. You don't have time. You don't have money. Right. What I think Andrew achieved so great, uh, and especially his cast helped him out a lot, too, in this. Uh, obviously everyone right it's not just a director and actors that make movies i get that what i'm saying what i want to say uh here just stumbling on myself also spoilers spoilers we forgot to issue a full open spoiler warnings we're gonna get into everything so if you haven't already purchased or rented uh rot do that now because i'm about to i almost did a joke that gave away the ending but spoilers spoilers (laughs) all right so now you've been warned (laughs) welcome back i'm glad you bought rot and andrew gets to buy that house in malibu now all Yay! right. What I like about uh, Rot a lot, right, is I love movies where you see the struggle and then just moments later, a scene will hit that is so well orchestrated that you forget that you're watching a low budget movie that struggles with obstacles that bigger movies don't have. Right. And what Andrew does is there will be the the scenes that are kind of moving us along in the plot and this and that. You start to be like, all right, there, you know going through this and this and relationship stuff. Oh my God. And there are a a handful of just absolutely arresting scenes where all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're not judging this movie as, Oh, well this is, you know, a low budget film. This and any, you're not adding those adjectives anymore. You're not adding those qualifiers anymore. You are all the way stopped and your eyes are glued to the fucking screen and your breath is struggling to come out of your chest. And to me, that's where you start to see the guys that you know are going to take the next step because they have that extra filmmaking level, right, to, to, right. Uh, to rise above all these other problems. And I think Andrew has – I mean, there are probably at least three to five scenes in this movie that are just absolute jaw droppers. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of it comes from the editing. Like, to me, the editing in this movie is really interesting. And I'm not really a big, like, flutter effect guy. And that happens a lot in this movie. It's not something I look for a lot of the time. But there are a lot of moments in this movie that it's used to really specific effect. But the thing that I think is the – I'm going to jump way ahead in the movie. The thing that's really specific to me and the thing that jumps out at me is, like, what I think makes this movie different from a lot of other low budget indies I've seen. And again, you're right. Once you start talking about stuff like this, that add those adjectives melt away. This movie's last 30 minutes, the cross cutting between Mm -hmm. a party scene and uh, the, uh, and the hospice and all this, uh, like cross cutting and that kind of stuff. That is no small feat, man. Like, that takes significant prowess and understanding of your story. And that's where, to me, like, that's where I'm just, like, fully locked in. Like, not to say the rest of the movie isn't engaging at all, but once you're into the 30-minute run, like, once you're into that, like, last 30 minutes, you're just, I'm just fully locked in. Everything is going so haywire in the movie. It's so crazy and so fascinating. And... That was honestly the part where I was like, oh, my God, like this movie is doing something that I don't think a lot of other people understand can do, which is just it's a huge thing to have to cross cut between like three very disparate <laughs> scenes and yeah. to do that and not miss a beat and not also make it feel like super clunky and kind of out disjointed is just that's skill that that's skill beyond skill. That's just knowing your story. That's knowing how to tell a great story. Yeah. I, I loved it. And it's also it's also a testament to that opening hour of the movie where a lot less big things. Ha- because by the end of the movie, they, they really go for it. Right. And there are some big over the top scenes. Right. That yeah. becomes a testament to how drawn in and captivated you are. That cannot exist if you have not spent an hour buying into these characters. And it's funny right. cause that Alter totally. States, me and Andrew were kind of going back and forth about my hatred for William Hurt in Altered States. Right. <laughs> 
the man is just like right. fuck my children i need to do drugs and like get my name on papers and pontificate and sweat in delis right and it's funny because right. he kind of wrote that character into this movie right and so <laughs> i would say a lot of these characters are not they're one of the things i think is pretty impressive he achieved is i don't think there's really like the character i latched on to there's not right. the character i want to see come out better on the other end I would argue there's maybe two, for lack of a better word, likable characters in the movie, right? And it's the young blonde girl who stands up to the professor, um, you know, who's right. like, you didn't teach us this stuff on the pop quiz. I forget her name. I have it all pulled up here, the IMDb. I can't remember names. But anyway, so she <laughs> she goes in on the uh, professor, right? You didn't teach us. Right. And then at the end, she just shows up because she sees her TA absolutely fucking melting down, right? The girl who late earlier in the movie says, uh, you know, the professor's like, you're juggling too much. I haven't dropped one yet. She comes into class. And I was like, oh, she done dropped all of them. Like, this is <laughs> this is the full on like right. this could end in like a mass shooting, like something. We got to help her. We got to get her something to drink, give yeah. her a pillow to lay down. <laughs> she needs massive amounts of help. And that girl out of everyone that we've seen her interact with shows up for that. And that makes her a pretty likable character. Only to immediately have her be traumatized into being a horrible character. Um, right. And then the roommate, who I would argue is the only happy person in the film, but is somewhat portrayed as a loser. Right? Uh, yes. But it's kind of a sad thing, but that's what I mean. So there's two characters. You're kind of like, oh, they're an island amongst this rot. And uh, see what I did there? You're welcome, Andrew. You can put that on any special releases you want. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, so that's like one of those things where you're like, there's really only two characters I latch onto at all. Right? right. And I know Andrew told us a funny tidbit that when he was writing it, he had a hard time balancing the relationship moment. Right. Right. And I, it was something that bothered me a lot the first time I watched it. It's like, I hate this lady, this main character that we're following, mm -hmm. because I hate what she fucking did to that guy. I hate the like, I'm just going to break up with you. I need a context to break up with you simply because my classmate did the same thing. Uh, Madison, played by Chris Alexandra. See, I got it there. Um, she just, he said that he thinks one of the things is it's a driven woman instead of a man. We would expect that from a driven man, not from yeah. a driven woman. Um, what did you make of the moment? Did you Were you mad at Madison no, for to be honest pulling the axe? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, and that's like what's weird. Even the first time watching it, and I watched it before we talked to Andrew, and then I watched it again, and then I watched it again today. But like, I remember I watched it again after Andrew said that, and it it was interesting to me that he put it that way because he's right. Like, I'm using my lens of being. If it was a guy who did that, I'd be like, totally justified. I mean, you know, obviously, man has to focus down on his work, all this kind of shit. But like. The first time I watched it for me, I it made total sense. Like he, I saw what was happening because like she was not happy with his like line of work. She wanted him to be a little more inspired, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I liked that instead of like trying to bring him up. Like this is the thing that I like about this movie specifically, and this is the realness of relationships. Like when you're in a relationship that's gonna work, when you're in a relationship that feels like it's the right thing for you. You're going to rise to the occasion of that person. Like, I assume on a regular basis my wife is better than me, which is always true. And that's, like, always the thing is, like, I'm constantly trying to reach that height. Like, I like that Andrew <laughs> wrote into this, though, that it's not something – it's not her job to bring him to that level. If she's not – if he's not going to rise to the occasion himself, I, I like that she's like, if you're not going to do it yourself, fuck it. I'm out. And I, I really liked that scene because it was really cut and dry. I agree, but let me tell you why it's not. And Madison is a villain. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, the way it plays out to me is baffling because I'm with you. If I'm going to my my boyfriend's house and it's a, a special occasion because he has a button-up shirt and a fucking tie like he's in a Fall Out Boy cover band, right? Right. And that's something I notice as a special occasion. And then he's like, oh, look, he made a fucking pot of spaghetti while his loser roommate... And his way, way out of his league girlfriend are sitting there playing Smash Brothers, right? right. I immediately say, this is not the, the, the rock-solid foundation with which to build my future. So by the I way, get all that. 
by the I way, all that. can I just say at the very beginning when I first met them, I did not know they were in a relationship until much later in the movie. I thought they yeah. were just friends. That's one of those. That's one of those Hollywood things, right? <laughs> Even at the at the small levels in Hollywood, it's just hard because like you just have such attractive people. Usually, I mean, wait out of the league. What are you going to do? The league. Yeah, this is what it, I, I. There's a theory in my head that I've been trying to formulate, but I couldn't support it with evidence that she is the sleeper agent for he. Right? <laughs> She's the cedar cloud that started this because it makes no. That lady's not playing Smash and Settlers of Catan with you. Five balding. Five. Sorry, I don't mean to denigrate. Wow, attack. digs. Whoa, the overweight, the overly white, chubby bearded man. That's my group. I can talk amongst myself. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> but so I agree with you that I'm Madison we can't smell looks at this. Yeah, yeah, Madison's like these are red flags. These are red flags. It's sure nice I can come in and get a back crack uh, from you know player one Mario over here, but this is red flags. Here's yeah. the weird beat. She knows she fucked up missing the dinner, right? Mm -hmm. I begin to question if she even did, right? Or if she did that on purpose. I think when she hears her friends say, I had to, you know, dump my boyfriend because he doesn't understand. He just wants to go out and have a happy life and play with his friends and do whatever. Play with his friends like he's fucking five. You know, hang out, bro out with his men. I, I get it. His men, his boy, his boy, man friends. Anywho. <laughs> So, so I think Madison makes a decision there. I'm going home early. I'm going to fuck this whole thing up. Yeah. And I'm going to create a context within which I can leave him. And then I will feel good about myself. Because this thing, right. I don't care that she leaves him. She should leave him. I hate to break it to you, but that is not like the ideal mate for someone who's going where she is. I totally accept that argument. Right. Why does she? She goes home early and blows up the dinner. She knows, right? Then she goes, oh, this is the other thing. If your friend knows that you're in there with your girlfriend and he comes to knock on your door in his underwear asking for condoms, red flag. Red flag. Don't marry bad. that guy. That's bad. Yeah, bad, bad. So she takes her clothes off when she could just be doing her work, decides she needs to walk in and brush her teeth at 5 p.m. at night and talk to him while he's in the shower, right? In her underwear and her top, right? Then she comes out and she's like, I'm back to philosophizing or psychologizing, right? Dr. Melfiing, as I call it. <laughs> and then when he's like, hey, come over here. Let's fuck. She's like, oh, what? That's out of the blue. I was like, yeah, what is it? But this is the moment. She uses the John Wick defense, right? When he's like, put that pen down. And there's that nice little close up of him pushing her pen down, right? Stopping her words from pouring onto the paper. And then he just says, he's like, whatever happens, we're good, man. I've got you. We've got this. We've got love. Uh, that's all that matters. And her reaction, is that all that matters? You know I have a term with Dr. Baldy McGrumpy Man. And he, she just loses it. And I was like, really? That's the fruit of your well-laid-out, executable plan? Come on, you don't think that plate is a, a setup the whole time? I think you're thinking about is the that same Is that really that egregious of a thing to say is that Whatever happens, I'm with you. I love you. That's all that matters. I mean, it's not an egregious thing to say, it but it up. certainly is like, I don't think it's a setup, oh, no. though. Like, to me, to I me, think she released herself from the ice like Simon Phoenix and Demolition Mandem. All right. There's so many metaphors <laughs> going on here. You've got to stop. Now we're just like bad writing this. All right. I. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, you've referenced like 10 movies in the last five minutes. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> well, I had to lay out my conspiracy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Your conspiracy was laid forth. Thank you. I okay. honestly don't think of it, though, in that Like, you're saying that she set him up or he sets her up. I'm saying she comes home early and intentionally is trying to give him every single moment in that apartment. She's trying to set him up. So that it looks like she is justified in breaking up with him. She could have very See, easily just texted him and been like, hey, man, fuck off. Like, this isn't well, going to work. All right. Well, two reasons that's not going to work. One, breakup texts are lame. And two, this is a movie, okay? We cast actors. We're going to use them. All right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to see I'm an just actor. Gonna, <laughs> just speak, just just speak, now, that I've, now that I've met Andrew over the, over the interwebs, let me just speak for him and say, we have these actors. We're going to use them here today, all right? I mean, 
You had an actor who played a phone in her. I'm just saying. No. She was Anyways, never on set. I'm just saying. I think it makes her unlikable in a way because she went there to execute his ass. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have. Right, I just said so she should have done dislike it in a cleaner, her, You'd dislike way. her even more if she texted, we're over. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't, not only is it not cinematic, so. but also it, it's far less personal. She went there to do the I deed don't to, want to make, I don't want to make disparaging to, remarks about myself that could be. But if I was dating in the era of the cell phone, I 1000% would only break up over text. Got it. That That's is not very, a business that I need to do for six hours. Like, let's cry on each other's shoulders. This isn't going to work. You're out. I would do fine. like, you know, you're a, you're a reality TV show, man. You're out. You're off. You're off the bake out tent. I'm going to put my uh, my fucking crusty loaf uh, in another oven. It's By over. the way, your reference right there, every single time they kick someone off a TV show, it takes an entire episode of television, which is at least two days worth of TV. But not the kickoff. The kickoff's like three minutes of that. Kickoff's That's three minutes of that, but they got to get all the way there. You got to get them there. You got to keep them. You got to give them every opportunity to not fuck up. And she yeah, did. That was called the relationship, and they yeah. done blown it. Did you exactly. think we'd get to Great British Bake Off in the Rot podcast? I mean, I figured there was a chance for it. You know, I mean, <laughs> listen, only because never, of that listen, evil baguette in great, the last. I'm scene. never abru- above a Great British Bake Off analogy, but you're right. But she gave right. him every opportunity not to, like, here's the thing. How do you not she come home immediately up. and say to your friends who are smashing on the couch and then you're like, hey, you're not going to have sex with her. Can you guys get out of the house and like, go to a bar or something? Like, that would literally be the first thing out of my mouth. I was cooking dinner. And then she came home and she'd be like, oh, I ate. I like hoovered a burrito. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I. Did she, though? Did I don't she? Know. That's the thing. Is I that mean, burrito real? Or is that the weapon of his destruction? Well, now you're talking about if you're taking a character at their word or not. She's not giving you any reason to be untrustworthy. I'm absolutely not. And I think by the end of the movie, they show us that Madison's a pretty bad person. We'll get to that, too. All right, Alex, we got to talk about I haven't swayed you on my conspiracy. My theory is that people are going to be listening and be like, fuck, he done cracked it. How many movie references is this going to take? How Okay, so my next theory... Strap in. We got a lot of... Re- no, I'm just saying. We need to discuss this movie. I think you said it best earlier in a really fun way, right? That this is somewhat the Body Snatchers uh, adjacent kind of movie, right? Mm-hmm. What I think is funny about this is that this is a body being snatched by our own worst instincts, right? Yes. Because the snatching is not from without but from within, right? We're not mm-hmm. being replaced by a better hive mind of ourselves. No, no, no. We are descending down into high mind, which is a very different lens to do body snatchers, right? Right. We got to walk through the the contagion protocol. Who is he in this movie? Who is the he that keeps being referenced? Well, I think we need to take some time to discuss how this starts, how it spreads, and what the fuck is happening with this infection of self. Well, it's interesting because in the beginning of the movie, I, I like that it kind of changes. Like, to me, it changed a couple of times what it was and what it is. And I like that. Like, for me, it starts as for me, I originally just thought it was satanic possession of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, just straight up possession, not necessarily infection, which is very different. I liked that I thought it was literally just a person trying to access a body, which. We'll get to that later on the movie. But and then as the movie went forward, it started more becoming this infection passed among people. And then I was like, maybe it's not a he maybe it's like the royal we kind of thing. And it's instead this like giving way to our baser instincts, not necessarily baser, but more like giving way to our more malicious instincts, which are right at the core of them selfish, which I think is the thing that I liked the most is that. For me, the infection, so to speak, is less about like, oh, it's evil or, oh, it's bad. It's more just these are all of the things you want in life amplified to 10 that you want to get without having to like ask for it or anything. like. Yeah, see, I wonder about that, too. (laughs) Well, because especially by the end, right, when we see King Dingling walk out, he's like the evil, (laughs) you know, blood soaked, you know, dick wielding monster that he becomes. 
earlier in the Quite film, the we saw him just kind of wet and naked, like random full frontal man, which you never see. So I thought Very a little cool, bit about that. Maybe that's where he's like, oh, this is how I wish you would have seen me, right? You know, a more powerful version of that image, right? Before she fucking right. uh, pulls her, her final ruse on him. Mission Impossible's his ass for another reference. But what I think is funny, right? Because the movie starts with, we're in this hospice care nursing home setup. And this old lady wanders down into a room of another old lady who has all of the pictures of her husband, right? Like, they look like wartime images of this, like, long-lost man. I'm assuming that's her, man. It could have been her dad, whatever, right? But I think they're, like, a couple of them as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, and then she starts, you know, he's going to leave me soon, blah, blah, blah. There's a kiss. The woman who kisses the other old lady is the one who dies, right? So the person who begins the infection dies, Next thing you know, a nurse is caught up, too, before she dies, right? So the nurse is our first, like, spreader. Then we see him get caught by that secondary old lady. Right. And that lady presents herself as knowing his situation, right? And he's like, shut the fuck up, Rose. And he's, like, screaming at her, which, which is a great awesome. scene. Shut up, Rose. <laughs> I love that person. Shut up, Rose. Ugh. Shut up, Rose. <laughs> shut up, Rose. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Rose. Shut the fuck up. And then she goes in for the makeout. Boom, we have, in, we have infected this main cast, right? This main storyline. The question to me is a little... I lose the thread a little bit on this, this passing entity, right? Because one, why is it attacking that old lady at the start, right? Is it because... And this is one of the weird things. The movie plays this a lot, right? There's many layers to the rot, right? We see two men fighting in a school, like, open area. We constantly have the radio and the televangelist, you know, preaching doom and gloom. I think Party Boy at the end, right? The uh, Polly Polly D looking guy is like the older generations have ruined it for us. Like we knew this day would come when he's like right. pro proselytizing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think to your point, there is a difference in who you are and how the rot affects you. Yeah. Right. And then the other weird aspect is is that. Some of the people who have the rot, their goal isn't just to bring you in to the rotten, right? Just for a group name. But they actually go out and just straight up murder a couple people. Mm -hmm. And those people to me become kind of an interesting hodgepodge of they murder a couple people who seem to be good and just with it. But then when they murder the dickhead professor as he's pulling Anna Karenina out of a box in his garage, you're like, was that it? Are we to believe he was like a good, happy, well-adjusted guy? Because I don't believe that. So what do you make of this? This who gets brought in well, and versus who gets taken out? Well, like, for instance, no one outside of the nursing home is an older person who gets infected. Right. Right. So to me, and like, there's a couple of times they bring up in the movie, like, oh, this person's body is old, which like harken back to like the faculty that I thought about the faculty a lot when I was watching like the very opening, like the husk of the person is not can't sustain, right. so to speak, which I thought was so to me, it was more about like older people are not suitable hosts, so to speak, for this kind of for this entity, whatever it might be. And I thought that, too, because she does mention, I will get you younger, stronger legs. I can't carry it. Right. I think symbolically that's a really fun image, right, of this. While the old people are shown watching the televangelist, doom and gloom, they're closer to the end of their life. Maybe they question more what was behind and they're angry in that regard. Mm -hmm. By the end of the movie, she's got a whole fucking gang of fucking old bastards running that nursing home. So the old people aren't. Right. They're not. They can't like, we don't need you at all. They need those old motherfuckers. No, right? no. You need them. If you need them for their infrastructure, yeah. you know, much like we use Congress. Oh, political shot. Oh, anyways. Ow. Oh, just do the dice clay. What's in the bowl, Mitch? Oh, my oh. God. If you it's don't like your Bill, dice clay, it's like we're on one of those Bill Maher shows. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyways. Um, That's it. No. I'm going to give you the rot right now for saying that. <laughs> 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 no, but I think because this is one of the things, and I think. Something that hung me up on the first viewing, right, is that I couldn't trace what the fuck this thing was and why it's doing what it's doing. Right. Because, like, here's a great example, right? So at the end of the car, when the really nice young blonde student, right, who I was going to play this game later, like, who do you think in this might have a chance to bust out as, like, a star, right? Could go on to, like, a bigger, better thing. I think uh, 
roommate who overkicks his coverage, right? The nice, friendly roommate. Uh-huh. The blonde uh, student who yells at her professor about the pop quiz with the gigantic eyes, like the entrancing eyes. And then Madison. I was like, I could see something bigger for all of them. That's neither here nor there. When the young student, right, comes out and she's like, I'm going to help this uh, TA before she fully has a fucking meltdown. You know what I mean? And can't take it anymore. She goes out and helps. There's a really strange scene. She gets caught in her car. And this old fucking man approaches, right? He somehow knows what it is. He's like, you guys will all submit and become a part of this, I think. It's something to that effect, right? You will submit to this. You will be absorbed by this. Or you will all be destroyed, right? Right. So who the fuck is this old man? And then she's trying to get her keys. He leaves. When she turns her head around, that old man is sitting in the car with her. Mm -hmm. The next time we see this old man is in the nursing home when he uh, uses the bed to ram the the redheaded nurse lady. Another of the characters who seems pretty on top of her life who gets fucking brained, right? That guy kills her, just smashes her brains out. We see him walking through the hallways, and he's not as Mr. Roboto as the uh, middle manager and the guy in the apartment we just see. Right. That guy is a part of this, but also separate. Who is that guy? Is this the proverbial dark passenger? I didn't know if that was too spot on, right? Because I mean, I he's literally be. in the passenger I, I never, seat. I don't know. I, I mean, I marked the old man, but he originally was like he originally really wasn't that big of a focal point for me. Like, I guess when to he me, teleports in the car. That to me was like, oh, this is something very important that I need to figure out. I mean, to me, maybe he could have been the incept, like the original. Sure, the original would make sense. Maybe he's walked the earth, so to speak. I'm not really sure. Like. I don't know. I never gave it much thought, to be honest with you. I was a little. Well, I mean, to I be think, honest with you, I once think the party the, starts. The, yeah, I think he's the linchpin that if you kind of settle on what he is, I think it tells you a lot about the rest of the movies you're trying to like lay okay. out. So what do you think? Do you think he is like the linchpin, like the inset to point? Me, there, there's a part of him too. the idea that he appears as this old man. Right. Right. I think there's a part of because he also when he finds that girl, right, he sends her back to the house to somewhat destroy people at the party. Right. Like the one friend who seemed the most like, oh, we got to go. Like, we'll get it. I'm going to go upstairs and find my cigarette smoking girlfriend and then we'll go. She That's who she pushes off the roof. And I think who right. they kill becomes really important, too. Right. In setting the stage. So I think maybe there's a part of this where. Because I think one of the things Andrew's doing in this script, right, is that the rot is something that's pervasive and all around us, right? If you just leave fruit out on a counter in a perfectly air-conditioned, nice home, right? It has a special little fucking banana hanger, all that stupid fucking rich people shit. That fruit will still rot eventually. And I think right. what Andrew's doing with the the broadcast and the fighting in the town square and the all this stuff, right? The the joggers are really interesting one that stuck out in my head. He's just trying to help a dude out and then he's like, "Whoa, bro! Whoa, bro!" It's <laughs> made out with and becomes like one of the the rotten, right? Right. He's just trying to help and he gets caught. So I think there is this it is a pervasive pool that we always swim in, right? And we have it inside of us. It just what is going to be the thing that brings us out, right? So to me, this might be the guy who is somewhat our our invisible hand, right? So him being that old and appearing in the nursing home at the end, he may have been the genesis of why this lady went down and found the other lady. Maybe she had an attachment to that man in the soldier pictures, right? Maybe she had lost someone herself and was mad this lady had someone at home. Maybe in my mind, I'm using him as a, a lever, to set this ball in motion, right? And then that's why this guy also becomes a cool linchpin because he's going through this emotional tumult and hates his job. He becomes a perfect young legs, right? The young have more energy and more time and relationship and chaos with which to feed off of. So I think in my mind, when he teleported into the car on the youngest person we've seen in the movie and then made her one of the more heinous characters, that to me was maybe they're saying that he is the kind of greater force behind what is happening. Okay. I could buy that. Yeah. That's just how I see it. That might just be me trying to like slide a lot of things in place that I couldn't click in. 
I mean, not necessarily. But I think that teleporting like, scene is wildly important. Yeah, I mean, I could see why. I mean, it it works. It works to like set it. it it's interesting because like I don't think I thought about it just because. By that time, I'm already pretty engaged in the movie. But like to me, yeah. if you need to really <laughs> ground this into, you really need to put feet on the ground for it, so to speak. I think that that makes the most sense. So that mm-hmm. when you get to the ending, the ending makes because I'll be at, like the ending, like the actual ending of this movie comes out of very left field for me. Because at no point is there an yes. indicator of that kind of thing. So for me, when it happens going back and kind of retracing with that guy, I guess it makes a little more sense. Right. And I think the fact that he's an old man, and this is one of the weird things I would say about, because the ending obviously becomes pretty fucking iconic. I don't really know exactly why they're taking who they are as rotten, right? I think maybe they give us little breadcrumbs that these people have some kind of defect in them. Yeah. Uh, like in the sad, uh, like philo- psychology student room where they're just having Franzia box wine, right? Oh, I've yeah, never had that. Franzia on a night where it wasn't like, I'm drinking my life away, right? Like that used to be my, <laughs> I'm going to black out. Like I used yep. to laugh in my 20s that people are like, we're going out socially drinking. You're like, I'm going out to uh, Arnold Eraser myself. Like I'm going out with a mission of destruction. And I used right. to carry those bags around. I'd take them out of the box, I'd carry them yeah. around. They were you good. Just walk bars. around with the bladder, yeah. Yeah, because you're like, I'm going to fucking be blacked out, and I hope I end up at home, but probably not. It's fine. So when I saw that, I'm like, this is not happiness, and none of them seem happy, right? So I think they're setting those breadcrumbs along the way, right? And somewhat Andrew's opening montage of the the cute couple pictures, right? Everything was good at some point, and then they start fragmenting and ripping mm-hmm. apart and reassembling. I think the strange thing about this ending, right? Because, again, I still don't know why they're capturing who they are versus who they're killing, right? I think I'll figure it out eventually, but I don't have that for you guys. Which is, again, something I actually really like about this movie. Yeah. Um, Kind of the inversion of a movie we're talking about next, A Knight's Tale, where you're just like, oh, I know everything that's going to happen, 45 minutes. Never mind. We're not getting into that yet. What? (laughs) I would be lying if I said I was not absolutely shocked and gobsmacked. Uh, when he emerges with in the Event Horizon cosplay, yeah, just with a dune sandworm as a penis, I thought that yeah, was um, like this like crazy ovipositor yeah. of a of a yeah. that he has. <laughs> that's actually exactly the first time I watched yeah. it. That's exactly what I texted you. Was like, oh, ovipositor dick, cool. Is this Operation Dumbo Drop? What am I watching here? Yeah, Good what's Lord. going on? So, like I yeah, thought about uh, it. Walk me through this, because let's set up the pieces, right? We have Event Horizon uh, Monster Dick walks in, uh-huh. right? Madison's in the room. Andrew, I think, the nice, the 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 uh, guy who outkicked his coverage, right? Yeah, the, the lovable five. roommate. The five. Yeah, the five. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're not, we're not one. We're not throwing lightning bolts from on tie Listen, on tie with our Zeus five. physique. That's fine, man. Yeah. It's part of life. We know right? our own. We're yeah, like, can, we're like Costco. My own, we know who has memberships. We're that guy like, was literally me. So, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, that guy is sitting there in his uh, Wild Things crown. That's our <laughs> yes. stage, right? She could have uh-huh. set him free. She's trying to. He comes in, brings her sister, mm-hmm. who definitely wanted her to leave this fucking guy before he became, yeah. uh, you know, Master Blaster Dong. She starts doing a, an old yeller, right? And he's like, ha ha, my mind power. Or I mean, I guess it's him. It could be the dick that's doing it. Maybe the dick is now, maybe the old man is the dick before he bonds to his victim. I don't know how this plays out. Um, This is where I'm telling you for sure. Madison definitely set him up earlier and is definitely a horrible person we should not like. It takes her 25 seconds to decide I'm going to beat this fucking really nice guy's face in with a hammer. Like no other plans. You couldn't have tried anything else before you get to the, I'm going to fucking brain this kid. I mean, there's that. And then there's also the (laughs) issue of being presented with master blaster dong as your alternative. So it's either your sister lives. This rando guy lives who also ruined every date night. It seems 
and then uh, okay. but his naivete, right? He ruined. Or you date get overposited. Okay, I think that's a pretty big leap for a normal and likable good person to just be like one um, evil giant blood dong is going to honor this deal and let my sister live. I feel like that's hard to accept. No. Also, See, maybe I'll take some more swings at him. Maybe I'll run. If you're going to kill uh, Max from where the wild things are, what we talked kill him about, without me. What we talked about in the very beginning was whether or not she was right and justified in doing what she did to break up. If she chooses to beat that, like, no one's defending Okay, the fact I'm pro-breaking up. I'm not pro-murder her. <laughs> Maybe she is. What she does is an almost un, unsolicited act of violence. She selects she has She chooses. She has 25 other plays. If she were the Terminator, right, her radar vision would be like, here's a better oh plan. God. Here's a better plan. Here's a better plan. Okay, but she's not the fucking Terminator. She's a human being in the middle of one of the weirdest things that's no. literally ever happened on Earth. That's That's the tricky part. She is the Terminator. No, she's not. She takes that look. She's like, Max, you're not just going to bed without your dinner to have a sweet dream. Brains bashed in. That's how the real Wild Things book ends, actually. The mom slips some poison into Max's right, bowl. You're just she's making such a shit up child. now. This <laughs> I'm just saying, do you not find it pretty insane that she that rapidly is like, yeah, I'll smash his face in with a hammer? I mean, if you had the choice between your brother and an ovipositor and... I'm going to need more than that. And I don't know, me, you'd smash my face in, correct? Would I smash your face in and just pray that my brother was un-old yellered? That he was just going to go back to normal? No, I wouldn't. They didn't old yeller her. They old yellered the Max No, guy. she's 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 like foaming at the mouth like she has rabies. Right, because she saw what happened to uh, the five. She's like, I got to no. help. He ended up fine. That's This is what I'm saying. I would drop. If he the ended up fine, like, then she made a choice. She decided to go with me, family. Take me, and then I would fucking have Adam. That's that would be my plan. Cool. Well, that's me, it, a good, respectable citizen. All right. Well, in the movie <laughs> that we watched, where you're not the star of it, another choice was made. <laughs> We're all the star, Alex. We're all part of the rot in this film. That's what I'm I saying. personally. I just want everyone to agree. And if I talk to the actress that played Madison, I know she'd say, yes, I played Madison. I don't think Madison's a, a monster. I think she's a complicated character. I don't, I'm, I'm I not saying she's justified, in, saying she she's justified in murdering someone. But I'm saying is, is based on her breaking up with yeah. Jesse at the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. no relation to what she decided to do. I think end. I read this way different than you because when she – missed her super important presentation i think she did that on purpose because she knew she was gonna lose and she just wanted something else to blame on her boyfriend got it well this all makes a lot of sense given you know, <laughs> how you operate who when... i by the way 100 percent agree with she should have broken up with because yeah. she's going places that he's not i'm just saying two things oh no can be so true. now you're that's no, fine you can caveat it all you want we all know where this Wait, is going what? you want to blame madison for literally the entirety of this movie I don't. I blame the old biddy that sauntered down at 2 a.m. for the entirety of this movie. Perhaps the old man that can teleport into cars. I don't blame Madison. I'm just saying Madison is a Lamborghini that was just waiting to be filled up with the hatred that sent her on this fucking devious mission she'd always wanted to go on. Is my theory. I think it's a bad theory. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> It makes no sense. It's not the people it will weigh any sense. It's not grounded in anything that actually happens in the movie. It's all grounded in things that happen off screen in the movie in your brain. No, that's the problem. First off, Alex, this is recorded. Your public lashing to the chair and me smashing your face in with my theory hammer. It's all recorded. The people will rise up. Like I know every it's time recorded. I do a theory, everyone and you're is like, sitting I here listening to you spout this the nonsense will rise up. because you watched the movie no. and you do no. what you always do, which is you look at five minutes How after the you. camera cuts and you're like, okay, what happened there? That's the theory. That's what no. I'm going with. What? The yes, people will exactly carry me what you're to glory doing. as if you're I doing was it right now. as if I was Marlon Brando and Dr. Moreau and Madison is the little version of me that didn't quite make it and they will carry <laughs> us to victory. 
No. No, but walk me through uh, the very ending of this film. What do you make of the dick being so prominent and then taking a life of its own? I mean, the dick finds isn't, that just like a great, isn't that just a great meta- metaphor for like male, like, like <laughs> unbridled, insecure masculinity? Like to me, that's like the greatest metaphor yeah. of all is like a sentient dick that grows itself to obscene proportion and then gets beat to death. Like that is. Yeah. That's fucking poetry right there, my friends. Andrew Merrill, you have my heart on that one, my friend. Yeah. The joy of watching my wife murder that giant dick with a hammer the way she enjoyed that movie or that moment of the movie just made me so happy and again yeah. i was i was trying to think because i thought that too this is what i think is really fun about rot is i again i like the way it's not just this clean infection protocol right no me neither. Yeah, I like you get touched lot. you become this right it's all very different and what i think the movie's saying is it's it's funny how much of this we're constantly wading through without it seeping in. And that when it does, it affects us differently. And one of the right. things that this movie really goes to great lengths to show us is that sometimes you're doing the best you can and you're doing okay. And just by loving someone, that becomes another orifice with which to have this evil penetrate, right? And so mm-hmm. I think she does love this guy at some point in their lives but feels the pressure of he's going one way, I'm going another. And I think I think she is tricked into this idea that what if he brings me down, right? I think his roommate that chases him out into the night, right? He just wants to have his 30th party. He's fucking over it. But I think he feels very responsible for this guy because he loves him, right? Right. There are these these people that seem to be doing okay, but they can they can give you this rot as a suppository, right? That's what I think is really interesting about this. Because the weird thing is with the the giant dick monster at the end is I never saw... I guess this is the thing. If you if you take it on a more symbolic level, right? That this isn't some kind of supernatural thing, right? And just play it out. He has a seizure. He wakes up. He starts attacking people. He attacks her in that apartment in a very... That's like one of the early like stunning scenes. You're like, oh, God, fuck. He like ran mm-hmm. up on her. You know, he's calling her a cunt on the phone because she's not yeah. answering. He's calling a hundred times. So there's a version of this where you can just see him as like the despondent, broken up man, right? And the the things he's calling her, you selfish whore, that sounds very right. much like a toxic man. What I think is that version is so different than the man we see at the start of the movie, who I think realizes what he has. I think he wants to be a good boyfriend. I think this is probably like the one bright spot. So maybe... He puts too much pressure on this relationship. And I think that seizure moment's a fun, pivotal, like, this is the change. So maybe that's the moment we're supposed to look at him as, oh, look at what this horrible guy's doing and who, how many people he's willing to hurt because this didn't work out the way he wanted, right? And he had no right to right. assume it should have worked that way. But at the end, I was like, was there something more to the dick than just the the male ego? I mean, you could say that it's more than just male ego you could say it's insecurity it's insecurity that's belie- that breeds you know maliciousness insecure i mean that to me is what it came it wasn't ego at all it's the lack of ego it's the assumption that you don't well, have right, enough the wounded for that ego. person yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. me that's right that's what makes jesse's journey that much more terrifying is that see i wouldn't say he's going in any direction i'd say he's very stagnant and that's the problem is madison feels like she's on her way somewhere else and he's just like hanging on so i think that's like the other aspect of that is like you can't do that to someone that you love you can't just be a hanger on like you can't have her come over cook spaghetti and assume it's time to you know dtf just because you decided (laughs) to put on a fancy shirt like that's not that's not putting in the effort that is expected of you at that stage of your relationship. If you're at the point where you think you're going to marry this person, you should be putting in a little sure. more effort than that. And I think that's I, probably the thing I think that's it's, most. I think the movie. I think the movie shows you at the start that he's not toxic masculinity personified. I think he's trying no. really hard with her. It's just pretty fucking clear that she's well, way up here and he's not. Well, so well, that's the what I'm saying it's it not a dick, right? There is a fun thing too of what I liked about her destroying the giant sentient cock with the hammer. 
That to me is the proposal, right? Because there's a there's a weird inversion of the the symbolism there, right? The you slide a finger onto a woman and now she is yours, right? Right. And uh, you know, you slide a dick into someone and they're yours. Those kind of metaphors, right? They kind of meet in this nice moment where she's fucking like, stop trying to to slide things in or on me and take over, right? I'm my own fucking person. I'm gonna fucking smash this dick into oblivion. And it is kind of funny that as soon as she fucking smashes the dick, he's like, oh, the vapors and the old people take him away because he's just like wow oh, everything i am was in that dick but that's but i mean that's what it is like, yeah no i love that it is. it's not toxic it's not toxic masculinity to me or it's not ego it's the insecurity right. that comes from being with someone who is it's the insecurity that comes from someone who's doing better than you and not wanting to rise to the occasion of just being with that person like it's not a matter of like Cause she's right at the beginning of the movie when she says, is that enough? It's like, she's not asking for herself. She's asking for him because at some point when he says, all I'd be oh, happy is loving you, like, you. That's nonsense. How dare you? Like, of course it's, it's always enough to love someone, but like you have to have more than just that person's love. You have to have their respect too. Otherwise it's not. A Did f- you not see how excited he was when she got the, uh, the, the golden ticket promotion. And she's like, I made it to the finals. And he's like, Oh my God. Yeah, he was excited, excited for her. He was an emotional support. Yeah, of course player. he's excited for her. But let me take a rule from the play, from the Griffey playbook. Five minutes <laughs> oh, afterwards, no. he went into the bathroom and screamed to himself because he's very upset because he's not on his way up. They mention photography all the time. You see that motherfucker pick up a camera once in this movie? I did not. That could be true. Well, just because he got stepped on earlier doesn't mean he doesn't need love too. She's out here trying to psychologize all these these children. She can't even she's out here trying to get. Herself. She's out here trying to get what she needs to get done. If he's going to be a hanger on, that. that is his fault. I agree with all that. I just don't think that he presents is a bad boyfriend. He's just less than her, and I think she set him up for a fall. I think she could have done it a little more graciously. But don't you right? think being less? He don't is, you think he assuming is the less of mice than and role, men? No, he's lenient of mice and men, and she should have told him about the rabbits before she brained him. That's my well, theory. I think Instead of being might, like, hey, Lenny, no, slicing she, a rabbit's throat and then choking him nope, to death with the dead not at all. rabbit. She took him out to the beautiful veranda overlooking the <laughs> pond and blew his dumb fucking brains out and then beat his dick to death. Absolutely. That's the movie. <laughs> We're back on this. We have a giant dick to talk about. And we got sucked back into the breakup. <laughs> it's a pivotal oh, when moment. When that dick grew legs, I was like, I love this. So much. Oh, yeah. Once that um, whole thing, here's once, the thing though. Once you start seeing question. like, like for me, like when like chairs are blowing up and stuff like that, I'm like, this is my movie. I yeah. live in How this. about this for a photography question though? We end on a missing persons flyer. Yes. With both of them happy. What did you make of that? Oh, I mean, that's just a facade. It's the photo they found. You but never that really means know. She it. didn't. She didn't defeat this evil and walk away. No, she didn't defeat it. She couldn't have. Well, then, okay, so she smashes this. You said it yourself. I didn't disagree that she's a bad person. She get, like all she has you to do she is get sing sing for murdering a man. All she has <laughs> to do is get infected, and the worst parts of her are what becomes prevalent in her personality. So of course she's missing. Of course they're both missing. They're not the same people anymore. Does she become the queen? And next thing you know, she's got like that dead alive stomach. That opens up and eats people. You know what I mean? Perhaps. I mean, she did beat that dick giant, to death. So giant vagine just running around. She definitely she gets that. She definitely has that cool like teeth thing now. She's the newest, strongest legs. Yeah, because that part I yes. thought was, it seems like a triumphant moment from her that is then undercut by, oh, missing poster. And even in her fucking poster, she's attached to that fucking guy bird i don't know man wrap wrap this up for me though because i think this is one of those movies that i'll always find something new to add into my theories on this why should people be watching and renting rot and buying it buy it and leave a rating and review on amazon what makes this movie worth the the time why i mean besides supporting independent cinema i'll tell you why um oh nice well done 
That's what I'm here for. To me, what <laughs> Andrew Merrill accomplishes in this story is a really good. It's a really good. It's a really good thought provoking piece, actually, on what we're willing to do, what we're willing to do to ourselves to be loved, what we're willing to do to ourselves to keep love and what we're ultimately willing to become to feel like we are connected to not just ourselves. I think that's a big part of the movie, like being a part of something and being connected to something like connection is really like the essence of the movie itself. So for me, rot is a great think piece on what it is to actually connect with someone and what it is to really give way to our baser, our baser instincts that aren't evil necessarily, but that can be exacerbated in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think one of the things that Andrew accomplishes really well in this movie, um, and I think the cast is phenomenal. They did cast a lot of guys that look the exact same. There's yeah. a lot of guys that look exactly like us, right? The chubby white facial hair yeah. guy, where it gets kind of hard to keep them. Again, straight. it's hard for me to find. It's hard for me to find anyone sexy. That it's hard for me to look at a bunch of me's running around, and be like, that guy's gonna get laid. Oh, see, I have the exact opposite reaction. I'm like, look at all these fucking keepers. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I think <laughs> what I think Andrew does exceptionally well in this movie, and again to bring it back to your kind of body snatchers metaphor, is I think what the movie really digs into is this, whether you're you're older person and you've been living for a long time or younger, the amount of filth that surrounds us all day, right? The hate, mm. the vitriol, the the fighting, the violence, the expect like even love is a pretty violent endeavor, right? Definitely. Love by its necessity is someone wants something of you to fill a part of them. And I think in a way that becomes the kind of body snatcher horror story at the heart of this is someone is trying to take from you to complete themselves. And what if you don't allow them to do that, what fills that void? And it can become a real nightmare. And, and the the way that just this one incident, well, it's actually like two or three little side instances, right? That maybe right. there's something in the world. Maybe that old man is our original sin. Maybe he's love itself, right? Whatever he represents, that motherfucker is always there. The one moment that you have weakness to this world, the rot can seep in and, and make of you what it will. And how easily that can unravel every fucking person that's near enough to care about you. And I think that is the really fun thing watching this story unfold and corrode all of these characters. And again, I, I, I think it's one of those movies that it has a somewhat triumphant yet kind of sad ending, right? We don't leave yes. this and it's not like the thing where you're like, oh, I got blowtorch. Like, we're good. This no, is just I, I, something I, that exists in our world he did a good job of giving me the question mark that I always ask for at the end of movies. I think that's the yeah, thing man. that I like about any kind of movie like this is I don't need a bow on top of the ending. I, I just need to know that I just need to know that a story was finished. And I think that's the thing that I like the most about yeah. it. And um, yeah. And then on a personal note, I mean, it's just inspiring to see this kind of movie being made for yes, I agree no money. And not only that, like, I like seeing good people get good work done. Mm -hmm. And that's probably like personally makes the movie gives a nice gloss to the whole movie is like, I just like seeing good people get good stuff done. Yeah. I mean, just awesome. You guys should do what you can to support this film, support yes. Andrew, support the really hardworking cast crew actors. Uh, this was a monumental feat that they undertook and they fucking accomplished it, man. I mean, right here, we just got to sit down for an hour and just, have a really fun conversation, right? They gave us all the ammunition to enjoy our life a little bit more, man. And that's all we ever ask of our movie. So to Andrew, who we love dearly, thank you very much for this film, man. Thanks for letting us have a look at it and get to talk about it. Again, guys, Rot is available on Amazon uh, Instant Video, their prime platform. Uh, rent or buy, make sure you buy it. Because again, you're going to want to watch this enough times to know that I'm right. And carry me to my Dr. Moreau uh, throne of victory over Alex, my rotten little mutated piano playing sidekick. Nonsense. Let him know. <laughs> this, that, that theory or Dr. Moreau? Neither here nor there. Make sure you buy uh, this movie on Amazon. And again, Andrew specifically told us 
that leaving a rating and review on his film is the best way we can help make sure that it gets shown to more and more people so that they'll have a chance to join us on this awesome journey and help him out, man. Um, so that's it, guys. Make sure you uh, leave us a rating and review. Leave Andrew a rating and review. Buy his movie. Um, get at us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Film Alchemist on YouTube. You have until Monday to get in your December stocking stuffer picks. We don't have many slots left, but you could still bump a movie if you have a good one. Uh, for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino, and I'm right. She knew what she was doing! <laughs> <laughs>